Doug and Marty versus the World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and EasyTVSpots.com. Round one, go. Well, howdy, hi, and hello. How are you? Good afternoon, good morning, and if I don't see you, good night. This is Doug Bassler. <laughs> and Marty McLennan, so we should go salamat, uh, konnichiwa, good morning, good afternoon, hello. Thank you for tuning in to Doug and Marty versus the world. We appreciate you all. We thank you for the emails that you email us. We thank you uh, for the encouragement, for listening to our podcast. But I want to be the first. I know Doug's usually the first on many of these things, but tomorrow is Father's Day. So happy Father's Day, Doug. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. And for those still thinking about it, you know, it's not about barbecuing. It's really about, you know, honoring the fact that God made man and woman, made a father and a mother for a reason. Our foundations of this country were built upon families passing on values. So uh, happy Father's Day, brother. Well, you know, I just uh, think and thank you and happy Father's Day to you, brother. And, uh, you know, you're right in, in, a, in a way and then you're wrong in another way. It is about the barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, you're right on the money. Uh, no, I just, you know, I'm so excited about Father's Day. I already got my my father. His uh, gift, you know, is being shipped. He probably has it and wearing it and all that. I, I try to find a Basler t-shirt you know like keep calm and let basler handle it or something but i this year it was team basler got him a team basler t-shirt and uh, nice some other things but you know i just love what my kids do you know my kids are um you know they get me like a a ribeye and they, right. and they buy presents and they just make a big deal out of it and it's just like it's so good that's how i know my kids are all going to live long and do well because they, they honor their right. dad yes so, yeah father's day um and now we're getting to this place where you know um and i just wanted to say the world's on fire but we have the fire hose and the fire hose is coming up on August 2nd. We can eliminate many Democrats from the mix on the, the August 2nd primary. And by the way, uh, if you're concerned about voter integrity, election integrity, and who isn't in these days, mm-hmm. I've heard you're supposed to hold your ballot till the last day and then hand deliver it to your county auditor. Because one of the ways that they actually... Uh, figure out how many ballots they need to print is by the early voting, Mm -hmm. Uh, which early voting, by the way, was the horse that won the Belmont. Did you know that early? I did not know that. No, early voting, really. You don't follow, you don't follow horse racing, right? I don't. I see the news uh, articles and so forth, but I did not know that. So yeah. And so uh, that was a warning from God that Mm -hmm. uh, don't let early voting win. And it's interesting about that too, because it actually demoralizes what happens on the night of the election. Usually it's a very small percentage, 10 to 20%. It's usually hardcore Republicans and Democrats, typically Democrats that have cast ballots besides all the other stuff that we're talking about, the uh, election integrity stuff, Um, but they turn them in. So that's why the initial results oftentimes, you know, are not what the final results are. You know, that it's a percentage of the total. So you have like, 100,000 votes come in and they've got 10,000. And then based on the 10,000, the one candidate is winning by a percentage, which usually changes towards the Republicans near the end because we vote late, like Doug's saying. But be aware of that. They like to um, 
like broadcast these numbers. Oh, Democrats in the lead, Democrats in the lead. So Republicans, well, my vote doesn't count. You know, they've already won. No, they haven't. Up to the last moment of the last day, 8 p.m. On, on election day, get your ballot in, as Doug's saying, because it matters. Right, brother? Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, the main thing is, regardless of whether you think there's election fraud, which there is, or not, we need to vote. And so we're going to work uh, because if you don't vote, they already win, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't cast your ballot, then there's nothing for them to cheat against. And so let's show up, let's let's vote, um, you know, and we've got, believe it or not, there's less than four weeks left till ballot drop. So this is the a great time for you to find that local candidate that you love, you know, whether, you know, whether it's your state level, your federal level, uh, whatever there's, um, you know, there's statewide races going on, obviously, you know, I'm a big fan of tambourine in that one in the mm -hmm. SOS race, but, um, there's a, um, so many opportunities. And, you know, when you, when you're, you know, you're looking at like ding, 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 as you're filling up your tank and stuff like that, if we don't stop them, it's going to get worse. It's going to get much worse. And we did not believe brother that it could get mm. this bad, this fast. I think even you noted pessimist that you are, ha, uh, yeah. did not believe And <laughs> my, I'm, I'm kidding. Couldn't He's definitely an optimist, but <laughs> many pessimists, right. That we know mm -hmm. didn't foresee it getting this bad, this fast, two and a half million non-citizens crossing our Southern border, five fifty. Uh, soon to be, and many, many gas stations right around where I am today, five ninety nine. that's $6 gas people. Yep. And they're saying it could go to 10 right now. They always over blow everything. Mm -hmm. So I pretty sure it ain't going to get to 10, but even six, hello. Or six or seven. That's crazy. We were complaining about $4 gas during Obama, right? $4 yeah. gas was like, and that was never too been high. That high, right? Yeah. And now we're at $6 gas. That, exactly right. So this is so important and, um, you know, don't neglect the primary. And I, I know it's tough, right? Cause we got vacations and we're hoping to unwind and the weather gets better and all these different things. And I get that I'm like everybody else. Um, but th this is an absolute, uh, critical, crucial, probably the most important election of our history. I, I would say there's not even a problem. Probably it is. Mm -hmm. the most important election that America's ever had. And we need to flip the, the uh, state house and the state uh, Senate here in Olympia. And mm -hmm. we need to flip uh, Washington DC and we need to get busy uh, yes. taking, take get, you know, the adults need to get back in charge and the adults are called Republican in case you didn't <laughs> know. Brother. They can, not the cats. So um, Doug, I want to check in with you for our listeners' sake, for uh, paint the picture now. You and I have been in campaigns literally since 2010 for me, 2012 for you, um, every couple of years. And I've been in it in the thick of it. Where we're at now, four weeks out, we've been campaigning for six months, seven months, a year, what it may be. And every little thing, nuance, the morning, noon, and night, we're invested in getting the message out. And this is the first year in a long time that I've not been engaged in, in a political campaign. So for me, four weeks. Other than mine. Well, yeah, other than yours. But I go, four weeks, how did it happen so fast? And it strikes me as most of our listeners that aren't actively engaged like we are, that's how they feel. 
four weeks. What are you talking about? You know, you can still make a difference, but that's, that's the perspective of a candidate versus, you know, trying to live your life, trying to get by, trying to survive with the shortages on food and the high F- gas filing week was four weeks ago. Yeah. How'd that go so fast? Right. right. So that's how fast four weeks goes, right? Mm-hmm. Four weeks ago, we filed to run right now. We were campaigning before that. I started campaigning on December 7th, mm-hmm. 2021. And, um, and that was six months ago. Right. So, right. uh, but it just seems like a minute. And those of us that are dads getting back to the father's day thing, mm-hmm. how fast does that go? Oh right. Goodness, You're like, right. how am I, how did my little tiny little baby graduate high school now in college? Right. It just like, it seems like a moment, like a breath and it's gone. And that's what the Bible says. Our life is a breath. It's a moment. And so we don't want to procrastinate. We don't want to put off doing the right thing. Right. That means hugging our wives, hugging our husbands. That means blessing our kids. That means doing the right thing, being a patriot, whatever it means. It's never too early to do the right thing. It's never too late to do the right thing. You might think, well, I miss it. I didn't file. Well, you know what? Let's still do the right thing by doing the right thing. Right. Helping other candidates, uh, giving support, going out and vote, telling your family and friends to vote and who to vote for. It's important. So just the last election cycle, the 2021, when Glenn Youngkin won shocked the world. Then we had this truck driver over in New Jersey beat this incumbent senator as well. We've been talking about a red wave now for over a year. And we're seeing seeing more evidence of it. We just saw in a special election in the heart of Houston in Texas, a very blue area that's like 75% Hispanic. Maya Flores just won as a Republican her husband is a border patrol guard. Um, they upset. It went from plus 16 Democrat to plus 13 Democrat to plus six Republican this election cycle. That's a that's a bellwether uh, in one signal. fell swoop. And the name of that swoop was energy prices, yep. inflation, yep. crime, border security on every issue. Yes, brother. Yes. Our side is right. You and I have been, <laughs> we've been on the radio now for, um, what, seven years, right? 2014, did, did, right? Did we ever change our mind? Did no. we ever like say, you know, maybe we should have open borders? No, we never no. did. No. Maybe we should defund the police and let criminals off. No, we never did that. Maybe taxes should be higher. No. No. In <laughs> we, fact, we, we are very consistent. vocal about against the, these woke policies even and even the even the emergency powers yes. right remember that remember what was that 2015 you and i were talking 2016 we were like this is too much oh it's only an event of a volcano it's only of an earthquake a tsunami well i guess we had a tsunami of pandemia mm-hmm. or something i don't know what it is but it's eight what is it 850 days here in washington wow. state we're still under a state of emergency and i'm telling Everyone, listen, if the Democrats hold on to power, I guarantee by December, we will be locked down, masked up and vaxxed again. Mm -hmm. They are only letting this stuff. Well, that's all over now, isn't it? No, No. it's still a state of emergency. And they, these, uh, these type of people, 
that love to boss people around, push people around. Mm-hmm. They don't let go of power willingly. You have mm-hmm. to take it back from them. And that is the power that we have as citizens is our ballot. Our ballot is powerful. You know, I did some math the other day, brother. Yes. If you took the biennial budget of $59 billion, brother, and you divided it by 4 million registered Washington voters, that makes every ballot worth $1,470. Now, the reason I did it is, brother, would you take $1,470 in cash and send it through the mail? No. (laughs) Yeah. And yet we're sending our vote through the mail. Yeah. And so we don't have the chain of custody and all these other things, but it's still your vote is valuable. You have to have a say in how we spend that $59 billion. They had this huge surplus, right? Mm-hmm. And what did they do? Did they give it? Did they rebate it? Nope. Did they, did they put it in the rainy day fund? No, dude, they blew it. Yep. And they blew it on crap. They blew it on stupid stuff, which is what they always do. Yeah, they paid folks. back their, their donors. They gave contracts and they, it was Christmas time again for all of the, the, the connected political uh, people. The state budget, the biennial budget is literally doubled in the last probably seven years. It went from about 30 billion to almost 60 billion now. Um, and who's been in control, right? This is as soon as we lost the major, the coalition majority in the Senate, uh, where we no longer had uh, a staying power, if you will, the balancing effect, um, They've the budget's gone up because they keep on spending more money. Okay, we need more revenue. We need more taxes, more tax increases. They even talked about this time about staying. Well, at least with inflation, $59 billion is is only $30 billion in 2020 dollars, <laughs> brother. So. Is that what it is? Yeah. Well, gonna- <laughs> that sucks, dude. I'm sorry. Yeah. Even, even saying it just like, ow, that hurts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Think they about say this, inflation too. is, what do they say? Inflation is 8.6% bull. It's double. We've it's doubled double. the gas prices. We've doubled food price. Everything's double. The only thing that's not double is those big boxes of, um, uh, it's like movie candy, you uh-huh. know, the, like the big yeah, boxes yeah. of milk duds and dots yeah. and stuff. They're, they, still, they're still selling those for a buck. Yep. But. So we bought our house in February, our, our latest house in February. We got 2.99% interest rate. You know what interest rates are today? Uh, five. Six. Six. Okay. Six percent now. So they've doubled. Since February. So um, February, March, April, May, June. So what does that do to your payment, months. brother? For us, it would have been an extra 1200 bucks a month. Okay. The difference. Yeah. Think about that. So, and so for the average person, doubling uh-huh. the interest rate affects yeah. the monthly output. Yeah. And, and it doesn't so, go to paying the house off. It no. goes to paying the lender. Mm-hmm. So for, let's say an average priced house, let's say that you have a $700,000 house in the outskirts, way outskirts of Seattle or King County, and your, your mortgage payment at 3%, you're looking at probably 3000 bucks a month, 3500 bucks a month. When you're talking about interest, taxes, property, all and so forth, and you add another on top of that, and you multiply that same thing by 3% extra, that's 2100 bucks more a month for that same property. Uh, they pay any so your house payment went from thirty five hundred to fifty four hundred yep. yep. a month. Um, 
which means people that's, can't buy I mean, them. that's nothing yeah. for you, brother, because you drive a Tesla, right? <laughs> no, no, no. But that, that means people Oh, you that drive a gonna, Ford pickup. Never mind, brother. People it affects gonna you People who are going to buy a house now won't choose not to buy a house or they'll buy a lower price house because it costs more. It's how much well, it's going to crash asset prices, which is mm-hmm. the the what they want. The Fed raises the interest rate in order to get asset prices down, mm-hmm. which stabilizes inflation. Yeah, over the long haul. Yeah, that is why we saw it high in the in the eighties as well. Super. My high, first but- house, brother, was fifty thousand dollars. I bought it in nineteen eighty four, and it was fifty thousand, and the interest rate was fourteen percent. Yep. So that house payment was like five, 600 bucks a month, which was a lot for me as a young married guy making whatever, you know, right. five, six bucks an hour or whatever we were making as a, you know, a sales guy back then. Yep. I remember my dad was fairly happy in 1982. I think it was 1980 when he bought a house in Grand Coulee for around 60 grand. I think it was at the time and he got 12 and a half. So he was like, Ooh, good, good rate. Yeah. He beat me by two points. <laughs> It's a good credit, right? But, but I remember back then, this is different too. Yeah, uh, Back then you didn't have your MLSs. You had like local books for sales. And so I won't get too deep in the woods here, but you didn't, the credit reports took forever. So it was really about relationship. He would literally call the bank and say, hey, George, or hey, Bob, I need a loan for X. And they said, sure, Tom, here you go. Show up to the bank and sign paperwork. That's how it worked. I mean, I miss those type of days, right? We don't have those days. Now it's like, you know, it's very impersonal. Here's your checkbox. Here's the criteria you have to jump through the hoops and so forth. You know, well, uh, we, uh, so Lori and I, as you know, brother, we mm-hmm. bought a new travel trailer, right? Our mm-hmm. old travel trailer was, you know, you would went hunting with that, me and that thing, you knew that yes. thing was, it, the wheels were about ready to fall off of it. It was, you know, we, we had a lot of love since 2008, you know, we got it new, mm-hmm. but time to replace it. But we got 5% interest on that travel trailer. That's really uh, good. And that yeah. was like a month ago. Right. right. So, Probably couldn't get that interest rate today, right? Probably not. Five percent, yeah, probably, probably nine or ten, probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that that would have affected that price again. That monthly price maybe mm-hmm. prices out, right? So, just saying, brother, you're just right. Saying, well, and now, is, I know you do a lot of things in cash. You know, you have those hundred dollar bills you walk around with and bags of it. So it's good. Thousand dollar bill. <laughs> thousand I got a million dollar bill in my drawer, bro. But I can't find anybody to cash it. There we go. Right. Do, they, they, won't change. Change, they won't give me change at 7-Eleven, brother. <laughs> so did you see um, Joe Biden in his, uh, I don't know, we know that he's, we don't want to be um, derogatory to the office, but he's really making a mockery of it from the world, from the stage, his press secretary really, I mean, how do you sit up there and defend some of the things they're doing? But since the move, the decision for Roe v. Wade is supposed to be out imminent any day, the ruling from the Supreme Court about sending it back to the states and so forth. And he's actually threatening to do an executive order at the federal mandate to mandate um, that abortions be, be accommodated, even in states where they vote against it, even if, especially if the Supreme Court overturns it. And in the same breath, um, he did an executive order on Thursday um, trying to federalize basically gender, right? He wants to basically say that you should outlaw any state that would come against having boys that are transgender boys competing in girls' sports and all the others. You know how the many states are pushing against that? Yeah, have passed legislation to protect girls and girls' sports, protect the uh, parents' rights. Um, they're threatening from a federal level at any means necessary, basically, 
to dictate this, the wokeness to the culture. First of all, it's unconstitutional. Second of all, this is another reason why we've got to get Republicans elected, hold them accountable, and first of all, put a stop to Biden and his administration, which we can do that by un- not funding them. And number two, make sure we're setting up well for 2024, don't you think? Absolutely. And uh, the return of the greatest president uh, that America has ever knew. And I'm not talking about Reagan, Washington, or Lincoln. I'm talking about Trump. Um, I'm looking at Breitbart. It says here, Biden disaster poll. 91% of Americans concerned about inflation ahead of midterms. Red tsunami, question mark. So um, this is so big that we, again, we cannot sit back right. and expect it to happen. We have to fight. Now, I want to, you know, deviate just a bit sure. and talk about what's what I've been going through, which you and I talked about before we went mm-hmm. on the air today. And that is at my office, uh, my business office for uh, Prolog Digital and Easy TV Spots got broken into uh, middle of the night and they stole cameras and computers and different things and, and day, you know, hard drives that had, you know, customers commercials on them and stuff like that. So, you know, that it's, that are, you know, tens of thousands of dollars of labor. Right. Right. And so um, the guy actually turned on an iPad that he stole. So I tracked him down, took his picture. I got his license (laughs) number. Um, Very, we very positively identified him. He was the same person on the security cameras here in the office building that we're in. Mm -hmm. And yet here we are, uh, Two weeks later, no arrest, brother. No arrest. And this is because their hands are freaking tied and they're so busy and so uh, spread so thin. You know, in Seattle, brother, they're not investigating rape. Uh, 50 cases of rape or 30 cases of rape, I forget, probably 30, uh, have no detective assigned because they don't have manpower to do it. So obviously, my little, you know, $100,000 loss is nothing right. Like, because I'm not bleeding. It's not so, a low priority. It's a low priority item to them who has limited resources. This right? is what defunding the police looks like. Mm-hmm. And they're coming to, they're going to, and now, <laughs> you know, my wife's on those, you know, whatever those neighborhood little things are. Yeah. Right. Right. And she's like, this dude's breaking into houses. Okay. So yeah, dude, come over to my house. I got something I want to show you. Mm-hmm. Look this way. You know, but that's, you know, people are going to die and, and things are going to get bloody and that it's not good. And we must enforce the law. You've heard of the broken window theory, right? I have. Yeah. So they, they, you build a, you build a nice project. Somebody breaks a window. They don't fix it. They just put a piece of cardboard in it. Then uh, the car breaks down. They don't fix it. They just pull it up on the lawn. There's oil all over the thing. And so you have this brand new project in a year is completely dilapidated because of, uh, no ownership or whatever. Yep. No, maintenance, so, no uh, caretaking. Yep. Rudy Giuliani, when he uh, took over as mayor of New York, famously started to enforce jaywalking laws. Turned out mm-hmm. people that jaywalked did a lot of other things and they would have warrants and they would arrest them. And all of a sudden, New York went from being one of the most unsafe places to live to being one of the most safe cities because of jaywalking, brother. Yep. They, they figured that um, those that start at lower crimes, like lower drugs, will lead to bigger crime and bigger drugs both ways, separately. 
And the fact that, that they stop and frisk, they put in place when he was the mayor there, they, they're controversial. Well, no, not really. If they look suspicious, you know, stop them, frisk them. And they found drugs. They found weapons. They found all kinds of things. And crime was reduced. Like you said, they were safe. Homicides for- cut in half, brother. Yep. That's they a were- huge. I mean, that's lives. That's real human lives. 100%. So the citizens felt safer. Communities were safer because cops were were um, they were able to do their job and they are supported to do so. You change that around where cops are now the enemy, the, the resources are restricted. And then like, like we know in your case too, where they're afraid they won't do anything because they know it won't be prosecuted. Right. So why go through the effort? Well, you still have to go through the effort. That's your job or you've been hired. But in this case, when you get politicians in place like Seattle, you have Chaz and Chop, you know, the, the go, no go zone where someone takes it over and runs a police off. You have uh, cities like Detroit, Baltimore, Seattle, Chicago, um, where you have massive crime waves every single single weekend where people die uh, because, once again, um, that's where he goes back to that. But basically, you, you prosecute and you, you um, serve low crimes and you diminish big crimes. That's why deterrent is. You deter people from going farther. And people that are held accountable, which and, is you know, something we're missing. It's not that we're not in a given people a break. If they get rehabilitated, if they're repenting and they're sorry and they're wanting to get their life together. And we know people like that. Mm-hmm. We do. And um, then, and yeah, many, you give them a break. Them, yeah. Many of them said, though, the thing that gave them the break, the reason they did turn the left around was that they were arrested and prosecuted, you know, and given a chance. It wasn't the more often have we enabled the bad behavior the longer it is before they can get help, the longer it is before they'll turn that. Well, and and not down. only are the Democrats soft on crime, they're enabling crime. They're mm-hmm. they're promoting crime. For example, protests in front of the Supreme Court's private mm-hmm. residences illegal. It's illegal to do it, but they say, "Oh, we believe in free speech." Well, they don't believe in free speech January sixth. No, no, but they so. You know, this double standard, you know, what often they often say, right? If Democrats didn't have double standards, they wouldn't have any standards at all. But um, this is a um, this is a situation. And even though it's personal for me, it's like when I saw those those guys at Big Five, I'm in there trying to get some shoes, get ready to do something. And these people load up with merchandise and walk right out the door without paying. And they didn't even call the cops. And I'm like, call the cops. Talk, call, you know, report these, are, these are the same guys are going to go, well, next let's try shoot somebody. Right. I won't get prosecuted right. for that either. Let's rape somebody. Let's do, you know, let's do damage. Let's burn down a neighborhood. Let's arson. You know, see, that's the thing. We have to stop them. And even here in Washington state right now, because of a Supreme court decision, hard drugs are effectively legal mm-hmm. because of a Supreme court decision that struck down the law that said the law wasn't worded correctly. And of course, Democrats have no uh, desire to create new laws to make fentanyl, heroin, cocaine, uh, crack, all this stuff illegal again. Mm-hmm. It's, it, I mean, it's like they want America to implode. And I guess they do. I mean, that's that's the communist way, right? When you, you, you have you the can't have revolution if everybody's yeah. happy. We've talked about the bills passed a couple of years ago. The Democrat legislators that passed these bills where the police can't pursue. So if they pull somebody over and someone takes off, they're called to stand down. So we have, you told me this the other day about how the number of people that have driven away, 
you know, criminals that are people that should have been, you know, punished it with ticket or fined or whatever safety issues are getting away from it because of the rules and, and the laws put in place by Democrats. And do you know and what so, that's done to car theft, brother? Through the roof, right? It's three times what it was just a couple of years ago. Three times as many car thefts. Not to mention catalytic converters and all no, which other apparently stuff, right? apparently Seattle leads the nation in theft of catalytic converters. Um, I know uh, other states are falling behind, but uh, that's not, that's a weird thing to be leading on. Honestly, uh, I know there's money in it, there's the, the parts in it, and so forth. But they feed this drug habit. You you enable basically living on on the street, no street or or services or paid housing or whatever it may be to keep on doing this drug habit that you can now go commit a crime because now according to Seattle city council, because you needed to, it's okay for you to do it, break the law because you have to feed your habit. It's, it's then the people like you and I that have daughters that visit the Seattle have to be on our guard and their guard as well um, because they're not safe anymore. And if, and God forbid something happens like rape, nothing would be done about it. No investigators uh, investigating it. No, no, this, this is not a place where you want to raise your kids. Not, <clears throat> not come down the bottom line, right? What you know, and is- I was, <laughs> I was talking to uh, a mutual friend of ours. I won't name him on the air, but he's like, dude, if you know where this guy is, let's, we got some bear spray. We'll get him down. We'll beat the crap out of him. We'll get all your stuff back and then we'll call the cops. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and they're probably prosecute uh, you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yes. then we all go to jail, right? You're exactly right. Uh, not that you shouldn't do anything. The point is, is you've identified this person, uh, and they basically said we can't do anything about it, uh, or won't do anything about it. That really is is mind boggling when you think about the taxes you pay, the the reason you do business in the area, the reason you're fighting so hard to run for office is to make a difference, and yet the system that's been in, in pushed in different directions like this really works against a homeowner, a parent, uh, a kid, you know? And then, so your, your point, it's like, they want it to be this way. My question is why, right? Yes, we know at the federal level and the state level seem very orchestrated when it comes to these policies, open borders, you know, uh, uh, indoctrination in schools, critical race theory, uh, corporations adopting the, you know, the diversity, equity, inclusion, you know, as mandating this stuff. Okay. So what's your ultimate goal? Is it the destruction of America? Because that's where it's going. Take God out, destroy the family. God, uh, government becomes God, if you will, uh, in this scenario. It's, it is, uh, um, you ever wonder like so many people, People assume it's to be better. It's not. Yeah. So many people have come out and said that they used to think, yeah, maybe they're just bad decisions and whatever. But now more and more people are saying, Marty, what you're saying, Mm -hmm. and that is, it seems to be on purpose. It is, it is the, the, you know, to, to double, triple, quadruple the energy prices to cut off domestic energy production to ship. Did you know, brother, this is like shocking to me, a component, an electronic component for our nuclear arsenal, our nuclear defense system is made in China. How is I'm that not- even possible? I mean, there, brother, elect Doug Bassler to Congress. We there will we go. stop that. That has not, we do not allow our strategic components to be made by our enemies. 
Don't you think that's one of the reasons why Donald Trump is so hated by the left, so villainized by the media? When you come out, and, the, and Reagan had the exact same tagline, Reagan was make America great, you know. Um, so, Bill so Clinton had that same tagline, by the way, brother. Uh, okay, so three of them then. So it was not new. But the point is, when you start thinking America first, when you start uh, saying we're going to put tariffs on other countries, which, which people on the right and left are like, don't do this, no, no. Our supply chain can from everywhere else. We're seeing the, the ramifications of having our supply chain go through countries that don't like us, countries that compete with us, like China and so forth. So that right there, and depending on, on oil and power from other countries as well, like Russia and I, Iraq and Iran and so forth, that... It should be a wake-up call for Americans that, that Trump was right, that we need to manufacture things here in America again. We need to bring our, our businesses back here like Ford did uh, during the Trump years. This, this has got to be – and then this is also what we, you and I have been talking about, and specifically me, for several years about the trades. We've got to make sure that our kids understand and have the skill sets to do things again. You know, not only have we have we dumbed down our kids, teach them all things woke and so forth, our SAT scores are down, our graduation rates are down, our success rates in the market are down, they're staying at home longer, many other reasons. But the point is, is we're not teaching them those things. We're saying you have to go to college or not. They have massive college debt because they've allowed college um, tuitions to go up. And they, yet they have massive, uh, massive amounts of money in reserves. You know, these, these foundations at colleges have money coming out their ears, and yet they keep on getting the federal dollars and, and the tuition dollars, and the kids borrow it, and then they're in debt and they have no jobs. When you have what, this was, you know this, in 2020, there's over 7 million jobs available in the trades. Imagine how many jobs there are now available for kids to get. We've got to start changing the mindset and making sure that we're America first when it comes to protecting our families. That's so good. brother. I, I mean, you're, you're right on the money. I was actually uh, at a client's uh, has a, he has a customer appreciation barbecue and I was there this last Thursday at his thing. And he, he installs uh, sprinkler fire sprinkler systems into buildings and things. He takes care of them. And he, he had all these, vendors and customers and everything. And I mean, this is like salt of the earth people, brother, square mm -hmm. jawed, big bellied construction. And there was not a lot of girls there. I just, I mean, I hate to say it, but the girls were all like the office girls and the, you know, but the guys that are out there like climbing up on a 15 foot ladder with a, you know, 15 inch, you know, Crescent wrench or whatever, putting that stuff in they're men. Mm -hmm. Men's men, and um, and they want to demonize them and tell them that they're racist and they're they're misogynistic and everything else. And but these guys, they're making good money. They're making mm -hmm. good. You know, my dad didn't go to college. My dad busted his butt and figured out how to get a job at Northern Pacific Transport. Learned how to shift and drive an 18 wheeler and with a 22 speed, you know, four axle shift thing. And, 
you know, got in the Teamsters Union and dude, we had a good life as a kid. We had motorcycles, we'd go camping, we had stuff, we had a camper and, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was, you know, that wasn't college that did it. It was hard work. It was somebody who said, I can do this job. Give me this job. Give me a chance. Went in there and got the job. When he married my mom, he was working at Montgomery Wards, you know, like this Mm -hmm. minimum wage thing, but he, he, he wanted to be a truck driver. He knew that was a cool thing. And he just kept bugging that guy and they gave him the job. They, they brought him on and he didn't go to truck driver Academy or school. They taught him how to drive the stinking truck, dude. They taught him how to do the job. And he was one of the safest guys, you know, when they were busting the union in the eighties and stuff, he was in his fifties and, um, he, he would, they would, so he would kind of go from job to job because he wanted to keep his teamsters to get his retirement and all that. Right. Right. And then they would say, well, I can get, you know, this other guy will work for less Roy. So let's, we're going to hire him. And my dad would say, okay, after he, uh, after he messes up your equipment, give me a call. And he was right. Two, three weeks later, they'd be calling, Hey, Basler, can you come to work? Mm-hmm. because this guy's wrecking our trucks. He, they're not safe. They're not skilled. They're not. So you need somebody that knows how to back one of these suckers up. Mm-hmm. Right. And knows mm-hmm. how to do it. And so, but see, my dad wouldn't do that. He wouldn't work for less. He said, no, I'm worth it. Cause I'm not going to break your gear. I'm not going to wreck your equipment. Right. That kind of thing. Right. And so that, that, that hard work ethic and that excellent spirit and that, that, that doing a better job than everybody else, man, mm-hmm. right now, Marty, right now, more than ever, if we can get that to our kids and our grandkids and stuff right now, they will become the pinnacle of success. America, you know, it's it's a testament to the American system, the, the, the free market system, the freedom and all this stuff. It's a, such a testament that we can have all of this pressure and all this stuff that Biden and all of its cronies and his gang members are doing and America still moving forward. We're still we didn't they can't kill us. Right. And so that's a testament to the, the the resilience and the genius of our of our government system and our free market uh, system. And um, so we need to uh, we need to fight back. We need to fight back and we need to do it by being great at what we do and working harder than everybody else and being nicer than everybody else and being just being better. I saw a post the other day and I like this, too. It was it was really poignant and good something we've talked about before and and it was um it wasn't it wasn't putting god first which we would put god first and we put so forth but it says start with your family then with your community and then with your county and then with your state and then with your nation and then with the world the idea is is we know politics is all local but our effect as well and oftentimes our radio obviously we go out uh, farther than just our community uh and the podcasts are worldwide but the idea here is we can make a difference right where we are. God's placed us where we are at this point in time with the skill sets we have that are unique to you and me. So that's all of our listeners out there. You're, you are where you are. You can make a difference in your family, in your community, in your county, in your state, in your nation. But start with start local. Start doing something local. You know, part of it's uh, helping local candidates, uh, local offices. Um, but you can make a difference locally, right, Rudder? Yeah, Bible says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might mm-hmm. as unto the Lord, right? Whatever we do, we do it for him. We serve him. And then, you know, let's let's start having faith. You know, God is big. He's strong. He's never been uh, voted in. He'll never be voted out. 
He's the king of the universe. He has mm-hmm. all authority, has all power. He has all the money, all the, uh, you know, the earth is the Lord's, the Bible says, and the fullness of it. That means all the money belongs mm-hmm. to God. He'll get it to who he wants. He'll do things the way he wants to. So why don't we start walking in faith? Why don't we start believing our Bibles? Why don't we start mm-hmm. just acting on, on faith? You know, I'm reading in uh, second Corinthians the other day, and it says, you know, try yourself, test yourself to see if you're in the faith. Do you live by faith or do you have a backup plan? You know, what is, what is your, you know, there is no plan B, you know, it's mm-hmm. either God or we're dead. Right. And, yeah, 100%. Um, and so, and this, I, you know, this, this controlling us with fear of a virus or fear of cancel or all these kind of things, we've got to say, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to live that way. Like I look at Peter and uh, James and John, they go to the temple and there's a, there's a lame dude there and he's looking for money and they go, Hey, I don't have any money, but what I have, I give you get up and walk. And the guy gets healed and they go in and, the, and the, they tell him, okay, we don't like this Jesus guy. We don't want you preaching in his name. And they get right back in their face and say, you tell us whether it's better to obey you or obey God. Right. And they said, we're not going to stop talking about what we've seen and heard. They were already free before there ever was America, brother. They were already free. And so we've got to get that same grit inside of us that says we are going to say the truth. There are two genders, not a, not 200, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And guess what? Being a girl is awesome. And being a boy is amazing. And you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And there are some things you don't get to change. Mm-hmm. You don't get to call God a liar. You don't get to, to do some of these things. And you know what? The Ten Commandments still work. Thou shalt not steal. Stop stealing from each other, right? Thou shalt not murder. Stop killing each other. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Stop taking the other person's uh, spouse, right? Thou shalt not covet, right? Be happy with what you have. And if you want see something you want, work for it. Go get your own, right? Don't take your neighbors, right? That's a that's I mean, isn't communism like the 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 religion of covetousness, brother? Mm-hmm. Like I got, you know. He got that because of blah, blah, blah. You know, well, you, 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 any jackass can kick down a barn, but it takes a skilled carpenter to build one, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, standing on the outside, uh, accusing everybody of everything, um, you know, this isn't going to work for much longer, brother. I see God moving and I see people moving and they don't even know what's about to hit them come August 2nd and November 8th and all these kind of things. But we still can't sit back and expect God to do everything. God is wanting us to do our part. We partner with him. So whatever we find to do, I'll wrap it up with what I started, do it with all our might as unto the Lord. So we, growing up, my dad always said, you're, basically you're responsible for what you, your choices you make or the actions you take. And so there were things where I got in trouble and I bared the cost of them. And then the things I did, I got credit for, I got the credit for it. Um, we were raised in a time where that was it personal accountability, personal responsibility, right? We're part of something bigger than our job is to give. But the point is, is we're still responsible for our own actions. Our freedoms only extend to the point where it doesn't step on somebody else's freedoms. Okay. You have president Biden this week, continuing to blame others for everything. You know, we have the, the economy's in the greatest shape it's been. No, it's not. We're, people are excited. No, they're not. They're paying too much. But when he starts lambasting 
the CEOs of these oil companies that you need to produce more oil. You need to lower your costs. You need to, and they're like, wait a minute, you're, you're shutting down everything here and trying to get it from countries that hate us. And you're blaming us uh, for the, the gas prices being too high because it's hurting you politically. You can fix this. Open the floodgates and say, yes, we're going to start pumping more oil here in America. Uh, allow more leases to be signed around. Allow them just the mention of the opening the floodgates will lower the prices of gas and uh, gas prices at the pump. Socialism did not create the Prius, brother. No. Socialism did not create hybrid cars. My wife drives a hybrid car. She she went down to uh, Portland and back uh, this week. She said she got 58 miles to gallon. Now, that wasn't the government that did that. That was the free market. We bought that car because it gets 50-some miles to the gallon, right? Because right. I drive Innovation. a pickup that doesn't get that much. <laughs> The free market drives companies innovation. like, yeah, drives innovation. They have to be creative, research and development, so they can deliver something that people will buy. When people are interested in green things or interested in getting better gas mileage, they'll produce something that gets better gas mileage. Therefore, we spend our dollars there, right? Get more of it. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's demand, supply and demand. It's, you know, what will sell, what's the people want, drives the innovation. That's why... Coal production over the last 20 years is, is like 80% cleaner now. They, the process got better because technology got better because innovation had to get better because there was such a demand to make sure it was cleaner. You know, it happens. And you know, those Teslas and all that, those electric cars, brother, you got to burn coal, nuclear, hydroelectric, natural gas, something electricity. Isn't just like laying around out there to pick up. You have to generate right. it. And um, funny story, true story. A buddy of mine said okay. that he saw a Tesla beside the road and a guy walking up to it with a gas can. Okay. Opened, opened the trunk and pulled out a Honda generator. Oh, there we go. Yeah. And filled it up <laughs> and charged his Tesla, which had gone dead on him. <laughs> so tell so in other words, the energy still comes from somewhere. Yeah. Now I, it wouldn't it be great if we could all afford, you know, a hundred thousand dollar car. That'd be great. Well, in a little while, all cars will be a hundred thousand because of what they're doing to the, the, the value of the dollar. But uh, then Tesla's will be 200,000. Right. So um, I heard a quote theater down that, by the way, I know you told me when you bought your truck that they, they could have bought it from you for more money than you paid for it. And probably still after a year, <laughs> after a year. Right. So I've, I've heard testimonies or stories like that coming out again and again, where people that have driven their car a year, year and a half, put 20,000 miles on it, whatever, maybe are being offered 20% more than they paid for. It. It's crazy because of supply and demand, right? Um, not she can't supply. replace it. So what's the yeah. point? Right. Yeah. But the, the, you know, I mean, obviously I feel better about a truck that I bought for 50,000. That's now worth 70,000 with 30,000 miles on it. Right. 100%, so how right? to, yeah. If that's appreciation, but it's, it's appreciation the wrong way because the money is not there. The supply chain is not there. The problem with the new vehicles is they don't have the, the computer chips, right. To make mm -hmm. the fobs and, and the different components. And so there it's hard to make the cars. They have a lot of cars that they've actually been uh, recycling because they don't run. So, you know, outside of General Motors is a bunch of cars that are incomplete and they're taking them apart and recycling them because they can't sell them because they don't run because they don't have computer chips in them. Scary stuff, dude. This stuff wow. is, you know, how long are they going to be able to keep the UAW 
United Auto Workers Union, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, working like that. You can't continue to lose money. You know, General Motors, Ford, they can't, you know. And so, you know, during the Great Depression, uh, they actually pressured Henry Ford the first into increasing production and giving his uh, employees a raise, and he did it. And then they had, you know, mountains of cars that they couldn't sell because nobody had any money. And he had to lay off like three quarters of his, uh, his workforce. And again, because of outside manipulation, he probably could have managed that cut some hours, Mm -hmm. you know, what's the market figured out way to finance, you know, so that people could buy the car, you know, whatever the free market could have solved the problem, but the government intervention and the pressure they put on him actually caused the downfall of that Ford company in the early thirties, mm-hmm. uh, which took them a long time to recover from. They actually kind of recovered in world war II, like everybody else. Right. When they started making tanks and stuff. Right. Right. Uh, for whatever reason, wartime obviously creates more industry, right. Oftentimes brings struggling economies out of it. And it makes you wonder like, well, don't go to war to fix the economy. There's a better way of doing it. Cutting costs, cutting spending, like you said, streamlining things. I know that in the 2020 COVID pandemic, whatever you want to call it, the scamdemic, if you will, my company that I work for um, did a a cross the board pay cuts to retain as many people as possible. They were expecting it to be a short term, temporary reduction in workforce. And they brought back almost everybody off of furlough or whatever, and restored our pay after it was done. Okay. This week, uh, they said, no, we're just doing layoffs. They don't expect this to be a short-term fix. They see this inflation and where things are going in the housing market that we need to cut permanently, you know, 18%, whatever it was, I think it was. Um, so other companies looking at this right now, this, this stuff that you and I have been talking about now for all year long, that this is intentional. When you take an economy that's as strong as it's been in 50 years when they're under Trump and less than two years later, to literally take us from being energy independent to energy dependent, uh, inflation to being almost non-existent to over 8% as we're talking about before, where things are doubled, where this is absolutely insane to actually talking about recession or depression uh, in the likes that we haven't seen in, in what, 80 years, 100 years? Um, That right there is amazing to me, but we see that all the policies from day one that Biden put in, the the grasp on power here in the state of Washington too with Jay Inslee, but all the things, the initials, the executive orders, all the stuff to unwind what Trump did out of spite, whatever it may be, has created these conditions. They don't have to be this way. It's not some naturally occurring event. There wasn't a shortage of something, but now there's shortages of all things because of bad policy, which what we're saying on election stuff is this can be turned around. This isn't something like the, the World War II. This isn't something like the Great Depression because those things had uh, issues that led to it. These are policies put in place that is weakening this nation. We can reverse those policies, put policies in that strengthen this nation. And it will take time uh, to, to pull out of this, but we will pull out of it. As, as Doug was saying earlier, we're strong. It, it was amazing how fast Donald Trump turned things around. Yes. Right? He, we went from 430 uh, whatever it was, a gallon under mm-hmm. Obama. And as soon as Trump took over, 
it began at a steady decline, dropped down to under $2 in many places. Yep. And uh, everyone was happy, mm-hmm. right? We were happy. So, um, and then he started onshoring, which is the word I like to see, onshoring manufacturing, right? Bring Ford home, bring right. Lennox home, bring Carrier home, you know, bring pharmaceuticals home, bring home refrigerators and dryers and washing machines. Let's bring home, you know, home stereos and televisions and phones. Right. You know, he leveled the playing field when we, it comes to milk now and would products be the, and farming. Yep. Now yep. would be the perfect time to do it anyway, because prices are up anyway. So why not let Americans build them, right? Yes. Let Americans uh, do this. So this, this uh, big rush to have cheap, you know, basically slave labor in communist China, mm-hmm. um, you know, this was a, this is part of their thousand year plan to take us down, right? Is to, you know, to take all of our industry, to steal it. They do, they don't care about intellectual property. They think, mm-hmm. intele- they, you know, they think, um, you know, in, intellectual property is to be copied carefully. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to be yeah, careful copied, with it. Stolen and, and rebranded and undercut, right? Right. And so, um, you know, is it is it the same? No. And, um, you know, it's like uh, I was out looking at guitars a couple of days ago with my son and I'm like, I will only buy an American guitar now. And it's not just because I know they're better, but because I just don't want to you know, if I'm going to spend money on it, I'm going to spend money on it with an American person building it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, could, if I could get an American made refrigerator, I would, if I can get an American made car, I drive American made car, you know, this, this is just the time to say, Hey, you know, even like Toyota builds cars here, you know, they do have for many, many, many years. Yeah. 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 So um, it's, we, you know, America first is, is not just, you know, like a political thing that's out there somewhere. It starts with each of us making that decision. I remember when they had all that problem with lead paint from the Chinese toys. You remember that? That was a few years ago. And my wife is like, we do not buy Chinese toys for our children made in China. And so it was hard to find the USA stuff. And then I'm thinking, well, they don't need all those toys anymore. I want to go. Like, let's go camping. That's more fun anyhow. Right. How about one step further, right? When you think about it is don't give the strategic value, meaning where we can't use our warheads because China's got the, the tools for it, or we're depending on them or our enemies for anything. I mean, why would we depend or give them the right to make sure that we can't do what we're supposed to do? We should be dependent and beholden to nobody but our own citizens. The fact that our own companies here in America, um, that's that, that whole independence, Right. How, how do we be, we're interdependent now, this whole global economy, what they've been pushing the left for a long time, is to remove our sovereignty. Well, as, as we, the people, we've got to take back our sovereignty for this nation, not only politically, but all of those things. We have the resources here. We have more natural resources than we are blessed when it comes to, like you said, hydroelectric and nuclear and gas and oil reserves and timber and you name it. We should stop importing um, this stuff from other nations right at this point in time and focus on getting this nation healthy again. Yeah. And, you know, the free market system, the capitalist system that we're under is the only system ever devised that actually creates wealth. It creates value. It creates new uh, goods and services and things like that. And, um, and we can turn this ship around. It can be fixed. And I believe that God 
is intervening and, you know, a moral people, a religious people, um, we, you know, that, that value family, that value our differences, you know, this, this diversity inclusion stuff that pits us against each other is not biblical. The stuff that is biblical is teamwork, recognizing that a hand is not an eye, recognizing that a foot is not a spine, right? It's mm -hmm. different, different strokes for different folks. And we're <laughs> all in our place and we're all doing our job and we move forward and we can, we can really begin to benefit each other. And as we serve each other, we, we show our appreciation by giving them our money. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's how this thing works. You're not, nobody's forcing anybody to buy a TV commercial from my company. They buy them from us because we're the best. They mm -hmm. buy them from us because they know we'll do a good job, right? Yes. So let's have that excellent spirit. Let's do whatever we do with all our might as unto the Lord. I think it's, uh, what an amazing show today, brother. And happy Father's Day. Don't forget you can... <laughs> You can connect with us at DougAndMarty.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can also hear past episodes. And you can tell your smart speaker, hey, Alexa, play Doug and Marty versus the world. And she'll do it because she's very obedient. It's true. <laughs> something For some things, that's right. <laughs> anyway, this is Marty McClendon. And Doug Bassler. Doug and Marty versus the world. We'll see you next time. God bless. <laughs>